Welcome back to another episode of Nerds of the Rounds, guys. It's your host, Sebastian. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And we got one guy to sub for law today. We have... Hello. <laughs> My name is Guy. <laughs> I'm also that guy. He is that guy. We want to wish Law well. Um, law is just taking some time off. Law, we miss you, brother. I hope you're watching the boys because you're coming back on for the next one. Yes. Uh, so we're going to recap what's been going on with the first four episodes of the, of the boys. Uh, so tell me how you guys have been feeling about this season so far. Uh, it's been, it's been, you know, it's been fun. Uh, coming back from, you know, the way the first season ended with us finding out that Becca is alive, it was really interesting to see how they were going uh, to go with the season. You know, I, I read the comics, so I, I know the beats of the story, but a lot of the things they've changed, they've changed plot points, they've gender swapped a number of characters, a number of characters are dead that are alive. So um, I like that they're just taking the story, they're taking the major plot points but just making their own path. Um, that being said, we only have eight episodes this season, and it felt like it took a bit of time to kind of ramp up to get where we're going. And we're already at the midpoint of the season, so it's kind of like, where are we going with season two? Oh, yeah. So with that, we already see that in the first three episodes, we're introduced to Kimiko's brother. How did you guys feel about um, Kimiko's brother's character? I mean, it was, it was a, a bit of a waste, I mean, they bring his, they bring her brother in to uh, bring in the supervillain or the super terrorist, however, however we want to, however we want to use it. They want to flesh it out, but it just felt like a, a waste of a, of a character. I think, especially for Kimiko's development, I like that they're, they used him and they used his death to kind of give her that, uh, that vengeance against Stormfront, which is kind of alluded in from the comics where they have their own altercation, but it just felt. There was a, I, I felt there was more there because we were so curious about Kimiko's past for him to just be snuffed out because we didn't really get anything from him. You know, we, we get, the, get the VHS in the first or second episode. They pick him up, they fight, they talk in the boat, and then he's killed. So, um, you know, I feel unless they do more with these uh, terrorists that have been infused with Compound V, it just felt, I, I think it was a bit of a waste and if they were going to kill him off to at least maybe give him another episode. Guy, um, I actually agree with a lot of that. They when they introduced that compound B was being used for more than just the people were that we know. Uh, it was like okay, they're definitely going to introduce someone who's related to somebody. I was like, oh, okay, the one person that we kind of know the least about, um, and that was the way to do it to learn more about them. You had to get that connection there. So you learn more about. It. So really, the character is the only reason why they exist is to make the character we already know more. We know, that we know more about them. Yeah. So it was just like it was more like that person was like a plot point, uh, a character development than like their own separate character. Yeah, he was. He That's was. How I felt. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with both of you guys on both points. Like, you know, I wanted to see more of like his power set, but because um, like he was able to knock some crap out of Homelander um, with his powers. But it just, I don't know, it kind of like one, it, it showed Kimiko's past, like to That's the it. That's what character. he was there for. And yeah. two, um, he was also there to, well, to showcase the whole thing about how they used him as the whole terrorist thing because he wasn't yeah. the terrorist that was blowing up the building. Yeah, They blamed it on him when in reality it was Stormfront who we saw once she 
what spoiler um killed him it, it kind of went away pushed the fact of wait we're seeing stormfront as this outspoken character in the first two episodes then we get this third episode and she just like goes balls to wall killing everybody in this project in the projects and then she kills him after he saves his sister actually which is another thing because um he i remember him saying that you know oh like the the guards were gonna beat you when i you know when you stole the food and i took the blame for it and they hurt they beat me and it was kind of reminiscent of that foreshadowing for me when he saved her from stormfront but then he ultimately paid the price and here's the thing did he actually save her though what's her superpower um don't i mean i know her superpower has some superpower chemicals i think it's more like she's healing she's got like the logan effect She heals. Um, and, so, what uh, was what was he saving her from? Well, he was still being big brother to her. After I get no, one hundred percent. But he knows but, she can heal, right? I mean, yeah, but we we don't, we don't we're assuming because we didn't see that dialogue of of yeah. of them talking about you know their powers because yeah. you know I don't think Kimiko knew she heals until she fought Black Noir in first season. Like yeah. she's got but like that crazy. That's strength. a fair point. That's got like that crazy strength and everything, um, but we don't ever really see that healing factor come up because she hasn't had a near-death experience. So we don't yeah. know if she knows that that's her power. It yeah. kind of happened, and then she came back to consciousness, and she knows yeah. she can just rip limbs off, and she's super yeah. strong. The thing is, when, when he jumped, she could have been like, you're good, go, I can heal. None of that shit happened. So awesome. really, it was kind of like for not. But again, it's like we don't know the extent of her power. Like, if she would be able to heal, like, like kind of like Wolverine in terms of a death-like right. injury. You're right. But she she took two hundred hits to the head yeah. from A Train, which was like enough to kill someone hardcore. But yeah. she's also super. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Let's talk about um the deep's emotional journey oh, and. God. Who Yo, is it's Eagle Archer. What is Eagle Archer he, planning? His, his church, the Church of Scientology, or Patton Oswalt as the voice of the Gills. Just there's uh, so yeah, there's there's so much. Yeah, I mean, it's like he, he, we we see Eagle Archer introduced, uh, and he and I and you know that there's that he's up to something, and then the deep just going through his emotional journey. Um, it's just it's really interesting how this character is developing and that also takes into episode four when they're interviewing the many wives of who uh, would be possibly the wife for uh, was it the deep to get him into the was it back into the seven. So yeah, then, no, no, this did, is all this is all just a riff of Scientology in in Hollywood. Like there were there were rumors that they kind of did this to Tom Cruise and they were like looking for the perfect wife for him when he was in it or if he's still in it, who knows. Mm. You know, cuz you know, he jumps on sofas and yells that he loves his wife. Um <laughs> you know, but I I I don't I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like they're going through this whole thing with the deep and I don't know where it's going. I like the actor who plays him and I think it it brings some depth to the character when the character originally is very bland. He doesn't do much at all in the comics. He's doesn't have any sort of effect. He's just like this dude with the fucking diver's helmet on and does nothing. Um, so I felt like they're just kind of old school Aquaman. <laughs> I, I guess it, he was really bland. He didn't do anything. I, I'm telling you, he did nothing in the comics. So they're just taking this, they're taking a different effect with him. So I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what's the deal with the deep. He keeps having these, 
conflicts and he had this breaking point when he was at the, at the water park and then he you know he's fighting against the church and not wanting to do it because he thinks it's bullshit and then he wants like one specific wife i, I don't know I, I, is he going to become part of the seven we know that homelander is like you know whatever about you and he doesn't like his gills and he finds them disgusting so there's that kind of complex that the deep has uh and then the fact that starlight's never going to forgive him for what for what he did to her rightfully so and i i don't know what they're doing with him i just can't even predict I, I think they showcase that he's an emotionally broken character. Um, but the fact is, like, n- you, you can't condone what the character was doing. But it's like, at least, like, when he went on that magical herb journey, that's what we'll call it, um, and was tripping balls and was, like, talking to his gills, it's like he wasn't, you know, comfortable in his own skin, especially when he saw, like, that he took the gills as a deformity. And then also, like, what do you, it, it's like the fact that you found out that Compound V, was given to you so you didn't have a choice about this which i also think uh was a little bit what's messing with his psyche too and it it, it just uh, the character is really he's a really effed up aquaman and and I, oh 100 because every time he tries to save one of these sea creatures they always die oh that that uh what was it the whale how did yeah. you guys feel about the whole thing he was using the whale to block the boat it was just it was stupid he's just he's just he makes so many stupid decisions then he go and then he, he gets on the whale and he's on the shore and he does his stupid hero pose you know he's like i was like yo my man and then he's just watching them ram the the fucking boat into the into the whale it, it just I, I again it just feels like i don't know what they're it, i don't know what they're doing i just don't know what they're doing with him yeah um <laughs> my personal opinion is like the first season was to show that superheroes could be bad. Like not all superheroes are great. So it was like really more about the powers and then what one could possibly do with those powers versus like what you see in the comic books, right? Everyone is like really trying to use their powers to the best of their ability. Here, the whole kind of premise was, what if they didn't? What if they were all flawed and just did whatever they wanted? Um, So that was first season. Second season, to me is showing the human condition in the superheroes. Every single superhero is flawed. Like you got, you got the wonder woman hack where she, her, her thing is she's super strong, but she's super vulnerable. Like, because she really loves this woman. You got, what's his name? Homelander who is because he's had everything his whole life. He's super spoiled. And then like, as we get into his character, he's super twisted. Like the way he drinks the milk, his relationship with that woman. Um, like he's yeah. he's someone who, who's never um, been told no because he could have kind of basically whatever he wanted. But that that's that's what happens to a human. What could happen to a human if that were to happen? And then the same thing with Aqua guy. He he was um he was cool and he had this really cool fish power and now he's going through this whole thing about having body dysmorphia which is like seeing your body as something ugly so like that's a human thing so they're just adding human conditions to the characters to give them um to make character more development human. yeah it's, it's more, more character development it's it's like you you're you're seeing them dig deep into their psyches um but how do you do that you do that by giving them flaws yeah right and then you and then you give them the flaws 
and you keep giving them the flaws and then they do the worst thing with those flaws. Like instead of trying to do better, they're just because they don't know how to try to do better. They just keep messing up. Well, that leads back like even like with the falls that they're having, which it's interesting with a train now having heart conditions because of like, you yeah. know, his super yeah. speed. It's like, well, what is he going to do? Was, he was ODing, you know, doing, yeah. you know, using so much of the compound V after just as a, as a steroid, you know, to try to, to try to stay up there with the seven and to keep the endorsements and to keep his life, to keep his lavish lifestyle and everything. When, when you know, when we real, and I think they talk about it, I think in the behind the scenes where like, he has like no money. So when he goes to starlight and he's like, what do you mean? This can hold screw up our whole thing. It can, he has no money, you know, for all, for this lifestyle that he's living, it's just been, it's all a facade and he's yeah. not going to have anything because if he loses the seven and he's not the fastest man in the world anymore, he's losing every single one of those endorsements. The, 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 the cereal, the action figures, the energy drinks, and he's just going to be, you know, he's going to go down the same route as Popclaw and just be a D lister or B lister. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. Like he is a, he's a prime example of like what would happen if like a superhero was treated like an athlete in a way, an athlete who didn't, um really take control of their money situation so it's like he needs this and it's like it and you see that in episode four where it's kind of being taken away from him especially when like his speed rival now is introduced which is going to be interesting if how, how if they're going to touch up on that interaction with them later is he going to do something because it's like like i got says um the mental state of these characters, um, some of them will do whatever it takes to be at that level. Like when A-Train killed his girlfriend, Popclaw, and you saw that, um, which gets into Starlight's character, when she brings that up to threaten him, it's like her interactions have been interesting this season so far with how she's interacted with Huey, A-Train, and Gecko. Like, how do you guys feel about the character development of Starlight? I think she's, 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 uh, she's morphing and she's, she's playing the game. She's playing the game of what she needs to do. She came into the seven so bright eyed and so naive to everything because she is the quintessential storybook comic book hero and wants to save the day. And then everything is thrown in her face with the, uh, when, you know, the, the, the sexual assault by, by, by the deep and then just kind of seeing what's going on and being involved with Huey you know, and now it was, it was Homelander in the comics, right? It's it's Homelander, A Train, and Black Noir. In the comics. In the comics, it's the three. That do that to her. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So continue, sorry. I don't know. It's all good. Um, you know, and now and now she she wants to be the hero, but she can't. She can't. She can't because of the situation she's in and the organization that she's in because the organization itself is not letting her be a hero because they dictate everything that she's about. So. She thinks and she plans with Huey to, to, um, to blackmail and get the compound V. And the only way to do that is to blackmail one of her friends. And she realizes at the end of the day that no one's her friend when she tells him that. You know, there, there aren't any allies because it's all just everyone's just out for themselves. You know, like what, you know, Guy had mentioned, you know, all these heroes taking for themselves and just kind of living with no rules. Like Gecko Shore, he's a, he's a low tier hero but he's working at, at Vought and then he's pimping himself out just to get extra cash. Cause he can do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was interesting, especially like um, mm-hmm. just by her development, she it's slowly like, first of all, 
her interactions with Homelander have been interesting and how she's been able to navigate around him, especially in near death situations when they had that whole elevator scene. Um, and even when like he was prompting her to kill Huey, who like Huey, um, the fact that like, in episode four, she kind of splits away from Huey after, you know, the whole adventure that they had. Um, and it's like realizing like, you know, they're not going to be safe from everything. Um, and just the way how she blackmailed and was able to stand up to like a train and blackmail gecko to get what she needed and wanted, um, which I think is, again, she's, she's one of the stronger characters. It's just as crazy. She went from this homely hometown superhero, um, superhero to like all these things that's happened to her. It's like, okay, I got to play the game now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm playing this game. Otherwise I'm dead. Um, and going to be like, you know, just done but don't forget that she was religious and she thought her powers were like god-given and then she's now like right now she's kind of having that crisis of not now but at the end of season one the crisis of faith when she found out it wasn't god-given it was man-made yeah yeah which is like that's 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 gonna be the main theme it's like how does that play out into the villains that the super villains the super terrorists and how does that play out with all other heroes who like you know like they they even mentioned it um when homelander was being interviewed like well is there a reason why a majority of most superheroes are caucasian um versus like and it's like that those dynamics are interesting that they touched up on that yeah i think the hashtag was like heroes so white or it was a riff it was a riff of oscars so white that's what it was and then i like everything (laughs) what about the 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 dynamic between homelander and stan egger aka giancarlo esposito um what do you guys how do you guys feel about their interaction so far i mean if you if you want to get you know this the energy of you don't matter to me you hire Giancarlo Esposito. Just he he exudes that. They they came in and they're like, we've got this role, and we pretty much need you to play Gus Fring in a suit in a corrupt company, and you know that's it. Uh, I, I mean, I mean that's what it is. He he's this he's this he's this guy that knows what he's about, and he's able to talk to Homelander in a way where Homelander just doesn't know how to react. You know, he looks at people and he thinks he's like the God's gift to the world and he's the greatest thing ever. And I think, you know, I think now after what happened in the end of episode four, he may kind of go off the edge because he realizes that the gloves are coming off. But I, I think in that moment, he, he's, still holding, he's still holding himself back. And, you know, and you, you even see that in the comic. There's, the, there's this character that um, it's pretty much the same character one for one. He's a, he's a regular human. He runs all the soups and you see a scene and, and he just talks in the, the human guy just talks to him, talks down to him, says, you know, just giving him orders and all this stuff and just giving him facts about how you're not going to do anything. You're not, you're, you're nothing. You're a product, all this other stuff. And he, he doesn't do anything about it. He comes off and tries to threaten. And at the end of the day, he kind of just is like, miss me with all of that bullshit. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play it now again, because the gloves are off and we're not, I, I wonder if Homelander is going to go off the deep end and he's not going to have that rationality anymore. Um, but I think to have that, the, to, to play that so well. And I think Jean, Jean Carlos plays that really well. And I think even Elizabeth Shue was trying to go down that path as well in season one. Um, you know, they had that mommy comp, that mommy, that, that edible complex there, but I think, you know, she was playing him the whole time. 
where and he saw it as something else that it wasn't what i was thinking was i actually agree with a lot of what you're saying tone uh i was just thinking that what what does he know about compound b that nobody else knows because he's acting super fearless he like when homelander was literally in front of him he was like yeah it's cool that you're in front of me like zero percent <laughs> like he was, he was like there was no fear so my question is are they going to make compound v something like like what gas is to cars or like is it that you run out of it or is there something else that negates it or reverses it or like is kryptonite to it so I'm one because he's he Homeland's like I I could kill you and he's like you could I guess but not really. Yes, yeah, that's the that's the interesting because like if you really think about it, like Homelander obviously is a base based off of like a Superman archetype and Superman um yeah oh, has yeah. had a weakness of kryptonite. It's like we haven't seen really of what is Homelander's weakness. We do know he has a or any like a, yeah. And we haven't seen only thing we've seen from Homelander is that he has a very fragile mental state, which you see in the scenes also too with Doppelganger, which was very interesting, but also too very weird in some cases. Yeah. I mean, it was just I don't know that the whole like you, you when you learned that it was Doppelganger because like I was asking like why what how is the old director still alive and then um Doppelganger I, I knew it was Doppelganger I was like oh I forgot all about that character <laughs> but then it was interesting the interaction at the end before he again spoiler if you haven't seen episode four before he kills Doppelganger I think that that was the I don't think Doppelganger was helping I think he was pushing Homelander more over the deep edge when he changed into Homelander and was going to try to do the deed which i thought they were going to do um in as homelander but um no i think that it, it served as a crux to set off even more in his head uh, of what was going on because i even think the whole thing interaction with him and stormfront has kind of fucked him up even more i thought two things when we saw blondie uh one that she was like cloned mm-hmm. and that like compound v somehow did that or that it was like a like a mental state like delusion like that mm-hmm. he was so far gone that he was seeing her and i was like oh both of those things are super interesting and super valid and then it was a superhero and i was like okay that's cool but what they're doing with that is they're showing homelanders struggle with identity mm-hmm Right. So like, that's like literally, again, another character basically is around just to give another character character development. Like there's like almost zero reason for Doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah, It was Doppelganger had one, had one role, had one role to last season, which was to get soups into the military. And, you know, he had one role this season, which was to, you know, give, um, give, Homelander's kicks. What I thought was interesting, and I maybe even out of character, was the fact that Homelander is telling Doppelganger, "I want you to be her, and I want you to say these things." Yeah. You know, so where you know, guy, what you're saying was seeing a, a me seeing a mental vision. I kind of was on that plate. I was kind of on that route too because I'm like, there's no way in hell he's telling this to someone. Why the fuck is he telling this to anybody? You know, the whole thing with the milk and everything. Like he was he was already embarrassed when he was already looking at the milk and what's her name and Ashley walked in. So 
you know, I mean, I guess also if you're doing something for Homeland or Homeland and, and you out it, you know, you're going to die. So maybe that's what he had on Doppelganger, but it just felt, it felt a little out of character, you know, for him to openly say, I want you to be this person and say these things. But I think it's yeah. also getting back to the point what guys said, um, is that I think that Homelander um, is struggling with identity because like, you know, the fact that he's a dad now, he's trying to play a dad, not the best dad because he'd never had a dad. Um, he was just raised in a vault facility, which essentially that's what his son is being raised as. Um, the The fact of what he was, uh, you know, what him and uh, why he had hired Doppelganger to do to, to be the, the, to take the place of the old director and then, and it wasn't that it was like the old director. It was like, you know, it was more submissive, more of like his vision of how he wanted his relationship with the old director. Um, and then I think what's also lending the fact of that he feels he's being replaced as the number one hero because of Stormfront, who one is, um, how you say, internet savvy. She's, she's social media savvy. And a racist. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> We're going to get into that. <laughs> Which is like only because again that was showcased hell of fuck out of in in episode three, but still, it's like it, I think that all lends to the fact that Homelander is is he's going he's he's losing it, and I and and, and, and he's I old think news. Yeah, he's old news. He's trying to be a, a, you know baseball and American and apple pie, <laughs> and and Stormfront who has changed who has admittedly changed with the times is all about the internet meme 4chan alt right you know thing oh yeah you know? and, and we'll, we'll get but i wanted to touch up too which was interesting the imagery again which i think lends to the identity issue with homelander was remember when they were driving on that trip in episode four and they passed by a barn oh with the flag you know, and the confederate flag as yeah because it and again it's like it, it lends to a lot of what's going on with homelander um, and again, that was just something small, a little nugget there. I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting that they did that. The one thing I wanted to say about Homeland, the last thing was, it's so interesting. Season one, he was the most powerful person. And now he is the most powerless. He's lower than Deep right now. Like Deep is getting a little bit more confident about himself. And Homelander is not confident about himself. At the end of episode four, you think we think that he's more confident, but I think it's just more of a state of madness versus yeah. confidence. Um, but it's I love that they're making the most powerful superhero the most powerless person. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, what? Do, how do you guys feel in, um, about Stormfront? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, just to you know to kind of to talk about Stormfront, you know, you should, we should address who Stormfront is in like the comic and like what they did. So, so Stormfront in the comic is considered the first superhero because they do mention how Vought was created by a German, a German, a German scientist. So there's some element of the comic there because there's a lot of, you know, they do a little bit of the backstory into World War II and all that. Um, but you find out that Stormfront's one of the first soups. Uh, he's a, a Nazi. He's part of Nazi youth. And they use the testing and all the research, and I think even some of the DNA, if I recall, if I recall correctly, into creating Homelander, um, you know. And so we move into the future of the comic books and Stormfront, who's this really strong 
uh, character who uses lightning and, and flies around, do all this stuff. He never makes it to the seven because he never changes with the time. He is literally a fucking Nazi. He's got, he, he's, you know, super third Reich, super racist, super, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, um, he's got the Nazi symbol on his back in his cape and he stays as a leader of a second tier group called Payback. And they even allude to the fact that he was the reason why the levees broke during Hurricane Katrina for the comic book. So when we, when I found out that Stormfront was going to be in the second season, I had a feeling they weren't going to make Stormfront uh, a Nazi just like, or like a full blown skinhead because that would just, it wouldn't make sense. And I don't know how it would work. And, you know, and I think the first, the first thing they did was they gender swapped the character. So you're already trying to figure out, okay, well, how are they going to do this? Cause usually most people, when you think of uh, 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 Nazis, you think of a, of a cis white male who's bald, you think of American history X pretty much. Um, so they're not going to do anything like that. So they, they get Aya Cash to be, to be Stormfront. But I knew she was going to have some kind of racist undertone. It's got to be there. That's the whole thing of the character. And they even have some of the elements in the costume. I don't even know if you notice her belt, the eagle on her belt is like the Nazi eagle. You want to take a look at it. I, it did, looks I, just... didn't, I didn't notice that. What I noticed in the imagery was the, the fact that she has the uh, iron-plated American flag right here. Yeah. That was kind of reminiscent to how the Nazis wore their armbands right Yeah. Here. Which you I know, it's 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 showcased in issue three in episode three. But go ahead. Yeah, and even Stormfront, the name Stormfront is the name of a a Nazi forum, uh, internet forum that was you know back big in I think two thousand six, two thousand seven. I don't know if it's still around. It might be still around, but it it was taken down. So we knew she was going to be a racist character, and I was interested in how they were going to do it, and it didn't. They took the racist of twenty twenty and just pumped it full of adrenaline like homegirl comes from portland oregon and she's uh you know she's she's trying to she's doing very she's being very nationalistic talking about uh aliens coming over the border talking about the super terrorists coming over to attack their lands and then um you know but you kind of you miss that if you're not looking for it. If you don't know about the comic, you kind of miss that. You just think of her being patriotic and not nationalist. Just being someone and who's just open. Just open about it, you know, because she's already, she already did the thing that got, that, that got some people comfortable in the fact that she was fighting back Vought and all their policies and how everything was being done. Getting people really comfortable with, with Stormfront saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I fucks with this chick. She's awesome. You know, she's talking back to the man. Because I saw this on Twitter. It was hilarious. Just seeing people like, oh, Stormfront's the best. And then episode three comes and it's like, I was, I'm wearing my clown makeup. Um, you know, so they ease you into it to liking her. And you don't think about nationalism. You think about patriotism with her. And then she goes to the projects and she busts in. And Kimiko's brother has not killed anybody. And she looks at uh, the father and just shocks him, throws him against the wall. And then... Uh, she then kills the family. And then I guess, you know, some people could say, oh, you know, she can't leave any witnesses. I'm like, yeah, well, she didn't have to kill the first guy. And then she throws the other dude out the window for just looking at her. And then she's flying up and she's destroying the whole fucking building. Then she kills her brother and then says what she says about him. And it just kind of clicks. And it's like, yo, this, this chick is racist. You know? What, what, what was the statement that she said about him? Uh, she calls him a yellow bastard. So she used yellow. yeah, yeah. yeah. She used yeah. yellow, which is the derogatory uh, yeah. term yeah, for, yeah. for... Which, again, uh, it, it shows even, like, when they make that old uh, 
was a thing within issue in episode four where that she's liberty where the person's like oh i recognize her that's the person that killed my brother he didn't do anything it's like she and it and again gave those racial undertones that were going on in the 60s and all that and even even like and i, I had read this on reddit like someone had pointed out she has not said a fucking word to a train no like there has I not been even know, yeah. not one interaction between her and a train she's had you know interactions with starlight with Maeve, with definitely with homelander uh you know and even the deep when they're at the whale has said nothing to homelander i mean to to a train you know and it's kind of like biding her time because you know she's it may come off as they haven't had a chance to talk because she's the new girl on the team but when you know about her now it's like she's purposely probably not talking to a train like unless she absolutely needs to because like she said she's changed with the times and now to thank our sponsors the nerds of the round is brought to you by nbeyond make sure to use the code get nerdy with it to get 10 percent off merchandise and services such as web hosting printing and more at nbeyond.com um the the moment we see her interesting side it reminded me of every time you do a new movie with superheroes, you have to introduce a new supervillain. And not only do you have to introduce them, you, that supervillain kind of has to punk the last supervillain to show how much more supervillain they are. So it's the same thing that happened. So she comes season two, the conversation with um, Homelander when he's going to different people and he's like trying to punk them. He hasn't punked anybody yet everyone's been able to like push back at him and, and make him feel stupid, including her. And not only like the, the power dynamic that happened was like, you know, Homelander is coming in at her with like really attacking and she's sitting and she seems defensive and almost scared when he, he lights up his eyes and she's like, okay, you're being serious. And th- so you see that power dynamic where he's up here and she's down here. And then by the end of the scene, she's up here and he's like weird like over here so the whole power shift changed where not only is she's outsmarting him she's also kind of almost trying to teach him while manipulating him and not scared of him at all because she's probably stronger so like new supervillain came like is not like she's way more fearing then now like we don't we're not even afraid of of homelander we're only thinking about this girl and like what she's doing next the other thing is her last name her first name is liberty and like liberty is like freedom so i love that they're playing with that where like what kind of liberty do you want it's like should should everybody be able to kind of say whatever they want or like is there a line of like this is 2020 there's no room for that kind of closed-minded bullshit. Like you should be able to think what you want, but it's like those thoughts are so antiquated that they're, they shouldn't even be there anymore. You know, thinking other people are inferior just because of the color of their skin or their background or whatever. So her name and then that she's somehow like one of the only superheroes to like stop aging. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. And then uh how much does she know about compound V since she's been there since the beginning? She probably so knows she, a lot. Yeah. What what does she know? 
Like that's the question. So it's like she right now she to me she has the most power in the TV show because one we know the least about her, but we know a lot about her too. We know all the like kind of evil things, but we don't know everything, and we don't know exactly what she knows. So it's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, she she like getting back to your point, she's very manipulative in the show, which is, again it makes her the most powerful character in terms that she knows how to talk around people which again that was shown which is something we haven't seen before yeah and and it was like you know you see her the way she's navigating the people when she's talking on social media being social media savvy but then it's her way how she talked around homeland and would realize like oh i gotta control this situation because this guy is volatile he's meaning to kill me and she talked herself out of that situation without being thrown up against a wall without him like like only thing she saw was the eyes and like okay let me let me control this and she did and and it was in that case too i think she further broke homelander because again he remember he also flew off to go see doppelganger after that and that's when that whole scene with doppelganger him killing doppelganger happened well definitely after he saw those memes oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely Um, but But yeah the that fear she had like to me, I'm questioning: Was she afraid of him, or was she afraid of something else? Like that? Oh, I'm gonna have to show my power and like. I think she was just kill playing, him. Like I, I don't want to kill to his him. ego. That's what yeah. I felt it was. Right. She exactly. Was, she was just playing to. She was just playing to his ego, which is, you know, which is what we see a lot of the a lot of the characters do with Homelander and how they deal with him. Either you play to his ego or you knock his ego down. To me, I feel like she has a bigger plan and yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see more for the character what's going to happen in episode five but it's like she's shown that she knows how to navigate around homelander she's shown that she knows how to navigate around social media and she also shown how she can actually change a situation to better her and it's the similar situation that, again like they alluded that she is liberty it's the same thing she they paid this family to shut the fuck up about what happens to her son and they and and about their son and it's again she played that situation that's probably when they either put her in retirement or something like that or the hero disappeared i mean that's what vat does though vat's been doing that that's not yeah. that's not anything new of paying for your 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 you know for for lack of a better term for your damages you know like they're you know they gave her they give her family two thousand dollars because this was in the 60s and and i don't know if there was any racial undertones and they figured they'd give a black family two thousand dollars you know, because they're not going to say anything versus when Huey, when he lost his girlfriend, they wanted to give him, I think it was like 35 or or 40K or something. So, you know, definitely Vought has been paying families off for any sort of injustices or anything like that that have happened because of of soups. And then you sign an NDA and then like you can't say anything. So that's why there hasn't been, um, you know, hasn't hasn't seen anything come up. My my curiosity is how... uh, how many how many black families has this happened to with her in the south well that's that uh, you know that's something um, that they're going like, to touch are we, upon are, are are they using this and obviously this show is coming out and this show was created before everything that is happening right now in 2020 but it, it also feels like holy shit like it's you know i i meant, i saw online that some people were very uncomfortable with the fact of just the senseless murder of of black families in the show to juxtapose uh, that we're seeing today. Juxtapose, thank you. Gotcha. Uh, um, to everything we're seeing now with, you know, with the, with the, the protests and everything. And are they going to, are they going to dive 
deep, you know, deep dive into this? Are they going to make it so like the, the racial well, I think injustices we, we're, of black we're, folks in that, in that state were like had to do with her. And then that's why she had to like go into hiding and rebrand herself. Well, again, we're not, well, no one's going to make any political points. I mean, as far as it goes, it's like, I think a lot of shows are trying to touch up on that now. Like, everything that's happened in American history, they're using that to further tell stories. We saw that in Watchmen in the first episode. We um, are seeing that in um, Lovecroft County, um, where they're touching about with the 60s and everything. Um, and it's just like, you know, this is being touched up on. And again, um, they're touching up on nasty stuff in history and using it to help tell stories which is again um in my personal opinion i think it's something good you, you know best stories use history um and these are things where it's like you know you can't ignore these facts um, of stuff that's happened in history but we're just not going to go into that history lesson it's it's again it shows the horror of this character it shows the horribleness that families have gone through and it's right in the 60s like you know how many black families did she do that to that she just you know senselessly killed someone and they paid them off um it tells a lot about the character and about the company and also tells you about you know a lot about history like again if this was real life and this was super super real and there was a company called vault that would be reality um and you heard it here but um let's go on to queen mave now Queen Maeve has definitely been going through a lot. Like, um, looks like there's kind of a rekindling with her ex. Um, the fact that Homelander's made it know now in episode four that he knows. Um, and it's just, you know, and then the fact that um, she was upset about her father with the whole thing with Compound V. So, I mean, let's talk about her character development, where her headspace is at right now. I mean, I think, um, I think Queen Maeve has been prior to the airplane i would say i'll say prior to the airplane based off what we know about her character is she was kind of just in the comic queen Maeve is like an alcoholic right she's she's just oh she's always drinking she's kind of going with the flow and she she has her moments but like that's kind of how they portray her she's very jaded and how she how she deals with starlight and all the other you know men in the group very jaded about it all and we see that in queen Maeve in season one and then the airplane scene happens because they, they changed the airplane scene for the show versus, versus the comic. Um, and we see her like realize that Homelander is just like this monster. Like I'm sure she knew he was a monster, but like it was like really like it felt very eye opening for her. And she's been fighting with that because that's why she went back to her, her ex, you know, because they talk about it. You know, she says she saw something, she dealt with it. And I think she's just been, she's just been fighting, fighting with, with these emotions that she's had with the rest of the group and seeing Starlight and seeing Starlight is trying to be a better version of herself because Maeve did try to be that, that Wonder Woman-esque character. Uh, and, you know, and she wasn't able to do it um, and, and see Starlight doing it. So now she's doing what she, she's kind of sticking to the ropes and we haven't really seen what the soups have been really dealing with since, since the end of season one, it's kind of just seeing them in the tower and doing like propaganda videos and all this other jazz. We haven't really seen Maeve doing like crime fighting. Um, and she's having this relationship with her ex because you find out that she's still the emergency contact and she's still trying to hide it because she knows what Homelander potentially can do like she had mentioned about that producer who tried to switch seats and he ended up his head was in one room and his body was in another so she's doing whatever she can to protect 
you know, to protect her loved ones. Um, I think the revelation for com- for Compound B for her, I think, hasn't really hit her yet, or we haven't really really dived in. I mean, she mentions the one little bit about her father and how he took her to the mall all the time and took her to all these pageants. Obviously, the parents are paid off and used that money for something else that wasn't for the children, you know. But I think it's more. I think her her development has more to do with how she's going to protect her relationship with her ex or now rekindled love interest versus um, what Homelander is going to do because like, you know, Homelander uses his power in, in cruel ways. Yeah, I agree. I think for, of, of all the superheroes in season one, she knew who she didn't have like an identity crisis. She knew who she was. She knew that she liked women. She knew that she hated Homelander um, and like of them, she seemed the most level-headed. Um, and but also the like not not the most powerful, like one of the le- like useless. Like you have, we haven't seen her power either. We're just we're just told she's a superhero. Like, have you guys seen anything she's done in season one or two? Like we did, she, we she did the- briefly. We see that um, she breaks the truck in season one. In that first scene, mm-hmm. the truck drives yeah. into her, and I think she's bulletproof along with Homelander. Because when they go okay. up, I think she's, she's thinks that's it. I think she's uh, with her character. She's definitely based off the Wonder Woman archetype. So we could assume that everything Wonder Woman can do, Queen Maeve can do. Um, mm. And it's like you know the whole like yeah, yeah, um, I remember that the woman um, Amazon looking get up. Mm. Um, and her just taking that role. And I think also, too, like you get it mentioned in season one, they kind of played off like I remember years ago, people used to have that whole thing where like, oh, Superman and Wonder Woman are going to be, you know, a couple together. So they kind of played that off with Homelander and Queen Maeve. Mm-hmm. But it's like now it's like, okay, Queen Maeve, um, she has this. It's not, well, we're going to say it is a secret because she's keeping it out of the public eye. She has a secret relationship. Um, and her superhero role affected that that relationship but now it's like you know she's opened up more to her ex when she found out that she gets that call and her ex is in the hospital um for whatever condition and she goes to the hospital to see her and she opens up about homelander and how she's scared of homelander which is the reason why they broke up was because of that yeah um the thing that was interesting for this season is that she doesn't she just seems like a supporting character um she doesn't seem like although she's a main character she doesn't seem like she's doing anything at this moment but i think like the the journey that deep is on you're gonna will probably get some of Maeve going into that like once she maybe repairs this relationship with her lover she'll find a new confidence and probably one of the people that stand up to homelander who knows but she like she doesn't really give other than living in homelander's shadow like we really she has no other opinions like it's almost she's there just to show fear but that's the thing we also too it's like this like she would be the second most powerful character considered the most second most powerful character on the um on the seven and as far as it goes the second most powerful character has this deep fear of homelander and seeing what he could do 
like what is she going to do with the information now that she knows that Homelander knows about her girlfriend? Yeah, and, that whole interaction where he's like, "No, I'm really happy for you." What did, what did you yeah. guys think of that? I don't think I, he was sincere at all. I don't I don't think he was sincere, but I thought he was as sincere as he could I, be. But I but I think I think I think um the fact that he's trying to have this relationship with his son as terrible as it's going uh is you know and this is you know before he goes off the deep end with doppelganger um i think that's probably why he would say he was happy for her you know like i i'm I, it's not beyond him to use that happiness against her i'm not saying that i fully see him totally going off that rail too mm-hmm. but i think because he's trying to do this thing with the son and trying to see what he can do because his son does have powers kind of being like all right i can be happy for you because i've got this thing going on because you know he didn't know what the fuck was going on with the compound v because even when she asked him like where have you been and he didn't say because no one knows about the boy except for you know vaught and butcher and him mm-hmm. he hasn't told anybody and um, everybody who's protecting yeah, and everyone and yeah, yeah yeah and everyone's protecting yeah. um you know so, so i think then gene knows about him too then huh G- uh, Esposito knows about yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, he's he, at a vault. Yeah, he he knows everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think, I think it was. It, I think he could have been honest, but I can't say he can't use it against her because I'm sure he could. Storm could know about him too. Wait, well, if we don't know. The old, no, I know we don't know that, but if she's the oldest, yeah, and she's got like she's manipulative, she's smart. She's observant. She probably knows, or she's super close to knowing, even without trying. We don't. So we don't know. But we don't know how deep um, her relationship is um, with Vought. We know that there is a relationship. We know that she was handpicked to be on the team by um, Stan Egger, but we don't know what information they give to her. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like it might be information that they're withholding from her because I feel like we probably would have seen that used in her talks with Homelander, but we don't know. We don't know if she knows that nugget, but I, I want to get into Eagle Archer and the group that he's working with. That's trying to get the deep back into um, the, what's it called? The, the seven as Eagle Archer and the collective. Like, what do you think is going on there? I mean, it's, it's, it's probably just, uh, you know, we, we talked about it being Scientology and I think they're probably using the deep to get their leg in into the bigger set of superheroes and to be a part of Vought because they've got a low tier superhero, but you know, you don't really have that presence until you have the power. So you get a low tier superhero in. if he's like a loyal follower, he's obviously going to tell people, Hey, come with me, check this out. This helped me it can help you too. That's how all these things work. That's all these fucking cults work. Um, It helped me. It can help you. And little by little, people keep coming in and it's like a fucking cancer as it grows from the inside. I think it's a power move. I don't know who's really running the collective. I don't think it's uh, that woman. They they, they mentioned the name uh, of the guy. I I don't, I don't recall, Um, you know, but it could also be someone in Vought that's running it as well. You know who, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the angle is, but if I had to guess, I would say it's to grow their presence and to grow their uh, influence. And by using um, the seven and using eight, uh, using 
the deep as their way in to the to higher ups. No, I'm I missed all of that in that I saw that uh, deep's character as one comic relief to the hero's redemption or the unlikely hero to become like uh, know their full potential. So that's like every scene he's in, it's like uncomfortable and funny. It's like comic roof. Like you, it's, it's almost, you know, like in game of Thrones, you get like 20 minutes of amazing dialogue and then you get boobs walk by. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, thank you for watching this 20 minutes. Here's your, like, here's your quick break before we give you another 20 minutes of, Here's, like, your, here's, your, here's your nudity hit, and then you can go yeah. back. It's like, like here's your reward for watching or staying tuned, yeah. right? So it's like, it's like Homelander, Stormfront, uh, A-Train with the heart palpitations, and then Deep, who is having an acid, uh, a mushroom trip. He's having a, a deep trip. Right? Yeah, yes. So yes. it's that I, I totally see how you're seeing it and i actually agree with you i it just went over my head i was just seeing it for kind of surface level of what it was it was like it's just like a, a little bit of a break and then the unlike to me like the redemption hero the unlikely hero that'll come back and be like i am a hero and i am in, not perfect and that's per- like that's pretty cool like I like probably like his new costume is going to have like two holes right there. Like, and th- that are just showing all the time. He's like, look at them motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's in my gills. Uh, yeah. But I, I like what you said. I, and I actually really agree with that. And so it's like the, the, the cancer that starts in the small part that needs to spread to everything else. It's, it's really good. What about yeah. them frescas? What's what's the deal with the frescas? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't keep know. Focusing I don't, on that. I don't know. We, we, me and Jackie caught on to that. We're like, yo, what is it with these frescas? It's like you got to drink the Kool Aid. Uh, I mean, you know, talking about this whole cult stuff, and the reason why, I, like, I think deep. The reason why I gave my reason for the cult thing too is because HBO has this show called The Vow, which is about the about the cult Nexium. Well, it wasn't a cult originally. It wasn't supposed to be a cult, but it ended up being like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was this whole crazy thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, it's a, a cult though. Yeah, it became a cult. It was like a yeah, whole, yeah. You know, but it started, it was trying to get Hollywood people and all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, me, me and her have been watching that. And so it's reminding me of what they're doing with, with the deep, because I don't know so much about Scientology because they keep all that shit super, super duper secret. But yeah, I don't know what's up with the, with the goddamn frescas. I think it might be just like a, a, a trigger thing, you know? Like you do it enough times. Like, like I, 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 haven't, I haven't noticed what the pattern is of when they ask about the fresca. So I don't know if there is a pattern. Like, so you know how you do something and then you say, you want a Fresca? And like they, that kind of like triggers, started that, that. That, that triggers you into maybe like accepting something. I, I really don't know, but I know there's something there to it, but I can't, I can't, but I think it has to do with like a psychological thing of like giving you something and, and, and the something is so minuscule and it's so easy to say yes to that you don't think about it. So that maybe it becomes a bigger thing later on. Yeah, which I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you because that's again, Eagle Archer being introduced. The fact that he hands him the fresca, the first thing that he hands him when he busts him out of jail when he paid for his bail, and it is every time he's walking around, he's like, Fresca, 
Like he keeps handing him. He walks in with the whole six pack. He's and it's like there's something there. The other thing I wanted to touch up on was when Mother's Milk had that conversation with Billy, Billy the Butcher, um, about Huey being his crutch. When he said, "Don't let Huey die," because if you let Huey die, how are you know going to know that you're going too far? I mean, how did you feel about that conversation? Like, do you think that that's true? The fact that Huey is Billy's crutch um, in this world. It's a hundred percent true. Um, so reading reading the comic, knowing how knowing the fates of all of our characters and how they happen, Huey is like his canary. You know, like that sense of humanity that um, that Billy the Butcher has, that sense of humanity that Becca gave him. You know, because he even says in the last episode, because he put Becca on this huge pedestal. Um, and I think Huey is that representation of humanity and making a decision because. Butcher is just a fucking straight arrow and does not care who gets in his way to his goal. And it can be very, he can be really inhuman and unapologetically unemotional on un, un everything. Um, I think it uh, changed for him a little bit because Becca's alive. And it, and at that point, you, at that point, it's like his revenge was the only reason why he was going like just to kill Homelander because Homelander raped his wife and she's dead. And then you find out that she's alive and she's, you know, dealing with it and raising this child. So it's like his whole, his whole mindset just shifts and he goes back to get her. And now she's like, I'm not going with you because you don't care about my son. And you have this prejudice to, to soups that you can't get over. And, you know, I'm not, and she's like, I'm not perfect. And I don't know why you put me on this pedestal, you know, like, so, but I, I do agree based off what I, what I've read and based off how the show's been going uh, that definitely Huey is um, his, uh, his canary. Um, the, the, the one part of the show that to me didn't make sense. Like it was like in a movie, you see the loophole or like, Oh, that didn't, that doesn't really make sense or work. Um, is that he knew once uh, the, the kid was a superhero and she knew, oh, I'm sorry. She knew that she, oh no, he knew that she would never leave her kid. So why is he going after her? And really the only reason why he's going is for character development where they have to part. Like both characters need to have a reason not to talk to each other anymore. And like, that's why the writers to me did it when he goes to pick her up and he's like, don't bring your kid. Oh, you're not going to bring your kid. Oh, well then we need to not do this anymore. Oh, and she's like, we need to not do this anymore. It's like, it's just a stupid, it didn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, in what world is the mom going to leave her kid? Anyway, like even if it was like the devil, you know what I mean? It's the mom, the mom's like, that's my kid. I think it's the way too that he had did it that set her off because she knows him so well. He was like, Oh yeah, you and the boy, you come with me and all that, you know? And then she kind of called his bluff when she was like, no, the first chance that you get, you're going to ditch the kid. You're going to ditch my son. Um, And I didn't, and, and a part of it, I think it's the psyche, the fact that one, it's not his kid Two, is the fact that it's always a the kid's always going to be a constant reminder of Homelander. I think it's just more than the soups. Yeah, but fact, he he knew that. Yeah, he knew that before going. So yeah, why, that's go? why he's going for his wife? 
That's that's right. what it is. But he's he he's know, his he home. He knew, like, if he's thinking at all clearly, he knew she would never leave the kid. Yeah, I but mean, yet, we, you know, he he pl- he he shoots a shot. He's like, oh, you know, they only want the kid, and it's a. But literally, but I, I, he's I, like, I, it's but a I kid agree. or me. But I I agree. With, like, I agree with you, guy. You know, like um, and he's like, oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> like, no, no but not. no, but to to your to your point. So like when you talk about how we've got these extra characters that are only there to build character development, um, I think they left Becca alive in the story to give some three dimension to Butcher. Yeah, because or else she's just that straight arrow. That because she's 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 dead in the comic, and like it's really traumatic how she dies in the comic, um, you know. Um, and at that point, Butcher is just straight arrow. Nothing changes with him. His whole character is the fucking same. It like doesn't change. He's he is who he is. But isn't and, that cool? <laughs> you know, and he goes straight. And I think you know they didn't want to do that. And I think Carl Urban's a really good actor, and he's able to play Butcher to be like this crazy guy. But we do see those different moments with him. Um, but yeah, but it was just to get that moment. But you but know, you, too- but, but Becca's alive just just so that he isn't like a straight. He's not a, a, a you know a yeah. miss a beeline missile to Homelander. Yeah, think, but once she's it- alive, he can never leave her. And this was the way to leave her. But that's the other like, thing too. There's it's no like, other way to leave her. The other thing too is I take it as this way is that they're going to make him now a missile for Vault, not just Homelander. Because like, put it this way, for him to have Becca safe in his life, for him to have the kid safe in his life, because he touched upon that too, like they're never going to be safe. Vault's going to keep looking for them because of the kid. Now he has to be this beeline to take down Vault, not Homelander, the company that made the supers yeah which i think that's what they're 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 generally going to aim the character for four now um, yeah but he even says like we're gonna run away somewhere safe where are they running away there somewhere safe like there is nowhere yeah. literally that couldn't happen like the writing is they had like that scene was for them to separate and to give him an excuse as to why they're no longer gonna be going towards each other but also and they to- did it yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say to also to give him a new mission because keep in mind, yeah. like, if they run away, he leaves with um, Rebecca. He's not yeah. going after Homelander anymore. Yeah. So now you're but giving they, him this new mission that Vault is standing in the way of him being happy mm-hmm. now. But they 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 also foreshadowed um, them splitting up by them getting really close together. Like usually in writing, uh, to to show like a takeaway, you have to give a lot to then have something to take away and to, to be noticeable. Like if you take something away from a crazy person, it, it doesn't really do much, but if you give, if they gain stuff and they have fear and things that might want to be taken away from them and then you take it away from them, it's like, Oh my God, you feel like you're more emotionally invested in the character. Right. So like the fact that, like the same episode they're like running off with each other in secret to get closer together just to be ripped apart later like it's more the audience is more now emotionally invested in them like oh they're supposed to be like oh no don't let them fight and like now we're like rooting for them to come back together but it just didn't make sense it's like the the mom was never going to leave the kid and he knew that, and there was no safe place for them to ever go. So that plan was never going to work out. And now it's like you said, 
the reason why he's he has a new motivation. It's like no longer Homelander. It's like it was just to do that. Yeah, that's all it was. But it didn't like the justification to me didn't work. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Like then you like, also it was impossible. No, and they and I think they had to give a talking point because like if you look at it, these first three and four episodes have been in a way giving a lot of characters new direction. Like and and it's especially all about since, new directions. Yeah. And then especially like 100%. how Sony says like they're they're taking care of stuff differently from the comics, which I think is helping even more with getting even more people interested in what where are they going next with these characters? What's going to happen? Who who's going to ultimately buy the dust? We learned that um especially like even by Frenchie, we learned Frenchie has a hero complex in some way where he has to try to I guess make up for something that happened because of torchlight. Um and then we we learn how deep vault is integrating everything when um they blow up the Susan Rayner's head, just Jennifer Esposito's head. Um when they try to talk about like, you know, um I think like Stormfront or Liberty or something when they were speaking to her in the parking lot, she's like, boom, head blows up. And then we're also seeing a little bit more of Black Noir, who we barely but saw. We don't, we don't, but we don't know if Vault was behind. We don't know yet. What's her name being killed? We don't yeah, know. We don't know. But we don't know. We assume. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, especially once the show ends and stuff, when we figure out what, you know, who Black Noir is, and if they're going to go down the route of the comic book, or if they're also going to change that too. Because it's also, uh, it's interesting in how, in how it all works out. What are you guys expecting this season of this train ride? I'm I'm expecting to see, you know, I need to see more gore. I feel like we haven't had as much gore as we had in the first season. Uh, you know, and a little bit, and just more of a direction of where we're going. Um, I know that they signed for season three, and season three potentially is when they wanted to do Herogasm. And how are they going to lead up to that? Because we've only got four episodes left. So what are they going to do? Are they going to introduce more heroes? I mean, we know that there's... Yeah, we're getting, we're getting Soldier Boy in season okay. three. Um, so we're getting him and he was name dropped in, uh, episode three, I believe they name dropped him, uh, because the world war two thing. And I'm wondering if they're going to also, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if they're going to change that too. Cause in the comics, it's not that big of a deal in the comics. They had like all these heroes. So they had a soldier boy. They had like the arrow dude. They had all of these people. They were like the first set of Vought supers and they threw them into the battle lines of world war two. And they showed up to all these soldiers like, Oh, we're here to, be supers and to save the day and these people have no military training and they fuck up an entire operation and end up getting themselves killed you can find us on twitter at the nerds otr on facebook and on instagram at the nerds of the round and you can find us in all of your favorite podcasting needs whether that's anchor spotify or itunes we also have a youtube channel the nerds of the round check us out there as we always like to say we love to hear from our listeners our viewers give a like a comment, a retweet, a share. Let's connect. Let's chat. Let's get nerdy with it. We'll catch up you guys with some more of the boys once we get um, no, more new episodes. So this has been um, Sebastian. Your boy Tone from across the hall. And Guy. And Guy. <laughs> and that is a wrap. All right, later, everybody. <laughs>